Welcome to the Beyond Green 365 podcast. This podcast educates homeowners on how to make healthier choices when updating, remodeling, or building a new home. Step Beyond Green to Healthy supports, advocates, and educates for healthier indoor environments. We make every effort to offer healthier options and learning opportunities. However, our assistance is not specific medical advice for any one person and or medical condition. For specific medical advice, please contact your physician. The content provided by Step Beyond Green to Healthy is for your information only. Any application of this information is your responsibility entirely. Here is your host, Jonathan Sinovic. Welcome everybody to this week's episode. I had the pleasure of sitting down with John Atley, owner of Water Doctors. He's been in the water industry for 13 plus years and has spends most of his time nowadays debunking myths about what is real about our drinking water, both in city and well. But he didn't spend his entire life in the water industry. In fact, he grew up on a tree farm just outside of Madison. And then at about 11 years old, he moved into the Merton, Wisconsin area where he went to Arrowhead High School and eventually Carroll College, where he got his degree there. He actually worked with marketing firms and different types of public works places until he landed his job at Water Doctors, where he started off as a salesman, eventually did some of the install, and now actually owns it. He married his lovely wife, Amber, 22 years ago, and they have a lovely child together. John is one of the experts in the water industry, and like I said, spends most of his time debunking Miss in water, which is what we're talking about today. Drinking water, so many options. What's the difference? I'm excited to have sat down. John has all kinds of fun information, um, including, you know, why there's so many bottles and what's spring water versus artesian water versus all kinds of other things. So I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. I learned a ton from just the 30 minutes we spent together. And with that, let's hear from John. All right, Jonathan. So uh, today we actually get to have a conversation about drinking water and kind of all the misnomers and all that misinformation that's out there. You and I have actually had this conversation a bunch of times about, okay, there's, you know, artesian water, there's well water, there's spring water, there's, you know, uh, uh, purified water. When you go to the store and you're trying to buy all this bottled water, we, we've gone back and forth on this before because you'll sometimes call me and you'll ask me, okay, which one am I actually supposed to get if I'm going to buy bottled water? I got to believe like anybody listening right now has got to have that same question. How many, have you been to the grocery store lately? They have an entire wall full of all of these waters. And I'm going, water's water. And John goes, no, water's not water. And so I think today's episode is, is particularly interesting because I think we're going to debunk some of the myths that I have because I think like, oh, well, obviously, spring water is better than purified water, and I get this weird look from John across the way, like, uh, actually, uh, let's talk about that. So so why don't we dive into some of the discrepancies and the different things that are out there as far as drinking water goes? Sure. So, I mean, let, let's start with some of the easy ones. Um, spring water or artesian water. Uh, both of these typically come out of a well, uh, a pipe that has been drilled down into an aquifer. Um, we should probably also hit, what is an aquifer? Uh, an aquifer is a body of water underground. It could be a river. It could be a lake. It could be a massive 
lake. It could be a little pond. It could be just the water that is in the substrate that is enough for the well to be able to bring up. Now, an artesian well just means that there is pressure underground pushing that water out. There are not any magical differences between an artesian well and a regular well. One just has to have a pump and one has pressure pushing it out. And that, and that generally from when you say uh, aquifer, just to clarify for the audience out there, the, that water is coming from a source. Like you're saying, a lake, a pond, and it's underground in some layer. But it has come from the top and into the substrate. This is not something that's been sitting around for 200 years like an oil pocket reserve might be. It's, it's generally something that's moving and flowing, or, or am I wrong on that? I mean, kind of what's – because I think there's this misnomer about, like, artesian wells. Oh, my gosh. There's, there's all these powers it has, and, and it's, it's coming from a, a special place in the Earth's core, and no one's tapped it. Um, and and you, you can't see John right now, but he's, he's giving a lot of, a lot of yeah, different faces. Like, yeah, right. no. so, so in a general sense, though, aquifers are constantly fed at some level, correct? They aren't just waiting to be tapped? So yes and no. It, it a, depends on how deep the, the actual aquifer is. So in southeastern Wisconsin, a lot of times you're 100 feet deep and you're hitting an aquifer. Some are two, 300 feet, 400 feet deep. That's kind of the normal uh, ranges that we will see in southeastern Wisconsin. Yes, there are wells that are deeper. Uh, I've dealt with some that are in the seven, eight, 900 foot depth. Yes. Go to Colorado, 2,500 feet is pretty normal. So, I mean, just totally differences just depending on where you are in the U.S. or or across the globe. So an aquifer can be, you know, the the grouping of water. And most of the time that water is been moving. It's either come from the rain and it hits the ground and it goes through the, the substrate into this water supply. Sometimes it's just different water supplies that are moving across the different shelves of, of sub-levels of the earth. Um, and sometimes they're just giant lakes underground that, yes, they're moving, but not in the yeah. same sense. Yeah, and, and I didn't want to kind of get off topic here. I just wanted to make sure that I had an understanding of the source when we talk about something that we're taking from the ground. Sure. You know, and it sounds like, you know, it sounds like it can be any of those three scenarios. So when I'm taking it from the ground, it it can, I don't know where it's coming from is the answer, right? Depending on where you're hitting it, what you're doing. Okay. Correct. And the, you know, the deeper the well, typically the less the stuff that has been put into the air onto the ground and into the ground is going to affect it as fast. It, okay. At some point in time, water is always going to move down and it's always going to transfer down into the aquifers and it's going to get into that water supply. The shallower the well, the faster that interaction happens. The deeper the well, the slower typically that interaction happens. But it still happens. So Got it. All that stuff that we, you know, put on our yard to make it look nice and green, all the stuff that uh, uh, the farmers have been using on the farm fields, all the stuff that um, heavy industry put into the air back in the, you know, uh, early 1900s and all of that, that's all, as time goes on, going to work itself into the aquifers. Got it. So the the takeaway as far as that, as far as the deeper the depth goes, the more likely you are to have less of the concentrations of the outside environment affecting it. I mean, in in some of the ratio. All right, so let's get back to spring water artesian well. Okay, so basically it's a well. Yeah. 
I basically mean, it, so spring water or artesian wells in a bottle right now sitting on a shelf are almost literally taking it like you would from your faucet at home if i'm making a direct connector it's taking it in, if in you're a, on a well, yeah, it basically is that exact same thing. Do they have to do much to it? No, they've got a. Typically, you're going to hear, or if you if you do some research on the different bottled waters, they're going to have done some type of bacteria and pathogen protection on it, but that doesn't change all of the other stuff in it. Um, on a rare occasion, spring water, you'll have heard that it went through a carbon filter um, or something like that. When you start to talk about the purified waters of the different styles that are out there, if you read it, they are supposed to tell you what they did to purify it. And what I mean by that is a lot of times you'll see processed by UV or processed by vapor distillation or processed by reverse osmosis. So the two that I always try to look for are processed by reverse osmosis or processed by vapor distillation. If I am going to spend the money to buy bottled water, that's what I'm going to look for. Hmm. And what is vapor distillation? What is? I mean, I think I understand. Well, I don't understand reverse osmosis. I know we're going to talk about it, so we're going to. I'm going to leave that one for our, you know later on in the podcast here. But so, what's vapor distillation? What is that? So uh, distillation. Uh, you're basically boiling it and capturing the uh, the moisture up in the air and collecting it back, and it's coming back into form of, of water. And what so, does that do? So vapor distillation, the, the process of doing that means that less of the impurities can go up in the vapor, so it stays in the kettle or in the, the machine, machine that's yeah. doing it. They make some commercial light ones for homes. They make some really big ones. But it, it's this process of, of doing that and getting the vapor. So lots of things can't go up with the vapor, the heavy metals, um, most of your VOCs, most of your uh, herbicides, pesticides, herbicides, that kind of stuff. Those things can't go up with that vapor. So you're getting rid of most of that. I'm going to sound really... Maybe not intelligent here. Is that different than distilled water? Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, because I was always, I was always told as a kid, never drink the distilled water. But it sounds like I always thought basically distilled water was exactly what you're describing to me, which is why it's like hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that. So we are allowed to drink. I mean, I, maybe it's not the same exact process, but essentially, though, it's I essentially mean, we, very close to the I, same. I mean, we process. have a dehumidifier in my basement as a kid. Essentially, we're taking it out of the air, right? We're yeah. through the the same process, and we'd fill it to use in the ironing. Yeah. The iron. Yeah. Uh, sounds there, wasn't, almost... there wasn't any calcium in it. Right. So you've taken out some of the, the heavy metals and the other things that are going to hurt the, uh, the iron um, back in the day. So you didn't get then the deposits of white when you, you know, misted it and tried to, to iron out the clothes. Interesting. So, yeah, it, it's... Technology has come a long way <laughs> sure, from so where they used to be, but um, but those are the two that we typically look at. Um, yeah. On a side note, I also I don't really look for the ones that say added minerals if I'm going to look at bottled water um, because typically the added mineral that they're putting in there is salt, and uh, it's only being put in there so that you will quote unquote drink more water or drink more of their bottled water. Got it. And that would be something that you'd be able to see on the ingredients. Yeah. Got it. They, so. they typically tell you um, minerals added um, on the bottles. Um, and I'm not going to call out any companies no, for that. Fine. But, you know, it, it's typically they're adding a salt 
to okay. uh, be that mineral that they're putting back in the water. And do you know specifically, is it labeled salt? I mean, it's, no, so, it's, it's, it's not labeled salt. salt. And I guess, yeah. do you, do you happen to know what the, what, what term I could be looking for? It's, it's kind of yeah. one of those things too, where as a consumer, we don't really know, right? Looking for a bottled water, but uh, uh, I typically don't have a bottled water as I have my big jug and mine goes through my reverse osmosis at my house. Um, I believe it's going to say some type of sodium chloride of, of some sort, um, which will be a salt chloride. So, Got it. Um, or just straight sodium or... So, so sodium is kind of the key word there. That's whether yeah. it's sodium chloride or some sort of sodium. Interesting. Yep. Um, so that's, that's, and they'll try to hide it as best they possibly can, but that's basically what it is. So got it. So I'm looking uh, for either to say reverse osmosis or vapor distillation. Distillation. I'm gonna go now with. for me, I, I mean, I, I prefer reverse osmosis. Um, I'm quite familiar with the technology. It, it's a very easy and very um, smart way to do things. You are basically running water through a membrane, and that membrane is rejecting out the concentrate, so it's getting rid of all the bad stuff. And the good water that uh, has all of the stuff basically removed out of it, and it's nondescript, so it's going to remove everything. So I, I normally get a lot of questions about, well, it's removing the good stuff. Yes, the small amount of good stuff in the water it is removing. It's also removing all of the um, indiscriminate, the the... Um, the good, the bad, and the indifferent. So the indifferent stuff and the bad stuff are the stuff that I don't really want to have to process with my body. And if it's going to remove a small amount of the good stuff, I'm eating enough other good, healthy vegetables and having a, a sensible diet that that makes sense for me. Um, somebody who's going to have McDonald's four meals a day, every day, um, any and all minerals are good minerals, and I understand that particular statement also. Got it, got it. So in, in, in the reverse osmosis world, um, is there, I guess, is there a difference between if I'm on a well on reverse osmosis versus if I'm on a on city? It, it, does it, I guess what I'm starting to understand is kind of what you're saying is obviously these, these membranes take out different things. Are, are they typically designed as a universal or are, does it have to be unique to your particular house? So when you're looking at filtration, um, and we should probably back up just a little bit before we truly dive into, into all reverse osmosis here. Um, you always start with different types of filtration before you get to a membrane. And in a house, it could be um, softener, it could be an iron filter on a well, on city water, it could be dechlorination and, and or a, uh, a water softener. So you're getting the rock and you're getting the chlorines out of the water so that the membrane can take care of the really small things that are in the water. Um, so I always, I, you know, you want to make sure that the working water to the RO system is taken care of correctly for your water condition. And then the reverse osmosis um, can be customized for specific filtration for uh, your particular well or that area, whether it's municipal or a private well. Um, we can really start to dive into what is needed there. But whether it's a city or well, um, in most areas, that, that's very similar to what they need. 
So I think the key there, though, is you're saying, you know, the working water should have some sort of kind of, we'll call it pre-treat at this at this stage of the game. This podcast yeah. is about drinking water. So that's under the podcast, which you will actually get to um, in another time. But um, when we talk about that, then I guess when I hear the word RO, reverse osmosis, and everybody, and I'm in the contracting world, so I hear it all the time, right? Oh, yeah, I've got an RO. So in that case... Is it a, does it matter then whether I go to, we'll say, Home Depot? I mean, we're, we're actually going to talk about online stuff in just a minute because I know there's a whole other world you want, definitely want to talk about. But as far as, like, reverse osmosis, if, if I have the working water treated first in a generic sense, does it matter what system I pick then, where I get it from, how I get it? Absolutely. Um, the, the levels of quality that the different RO systems out there can produce um, actually range dramatically. Um, I usually typically break the different styles of equipment into four different groups. You've got the uh, um, big box retailer world. You've got the online world. Um, you've got the better world. And then you've got the best systems that are out there. Um, so those kind of four areas kind of break down any and all things that are are out there for reverse osmosis. Um, some companies buy everything online, and that that's great. There are some that are good, and there are some that are bad. And we'll dive into that here in just a moment. Um, the big box retailer world usually usually is a shorter term solution uh, piece. You're changing a lot of filters. You're changing them very regularly. Um, so and. Th- and they're just not designed to last that long. Most of them are also designed to only go to one location. And what I mean by that is they're designed to go to a uh, faucet at a kitchen sink or a refrigerator, um, not to multiple locations. They just can't handle the load. And so it, it creates other issues when you start doing that. Um, so that, that's kind of that little scenario there. Um, when we start to talk about um, the, the online world, y- you've got all sorts of stuff that is really good, really bad, or made up. Um, and the made up world uh, does such a disservice for everybody else. So uh, I always get frustrated with that. Um, I, for years, I would joke around, we found this uh, RO system online. It was a 19-stage reverse osmosis system. And they touted this one filter that was a honeycomb filter to realign the wavelengths of the water molecules. And, I mean, I'm not a smart guy, but um, I don't understand what realigning the wavelengths of the water molecules would actually do. Because it doesn't do anything. It's made up. It's designed to sell another filter. It's not designed to actually give you better drinking water. And that's the hard part, is there's so much of this stuff that's out there. Um, Recently, we started seeing stuff that was um, basically a knockoff. And it was coming into the U.S. It's not certified. There's no protection behind it. There's really no warranty behind it. There's no certifications that they can actually prove or show that, hey, we actually got this certified um, to the point of I've, I've run across a couple where they had zero certifications even listed. And I went, well, how can you even be sold in the U.S.? And the response I got back was crickets. 
Um, two, I've seen some where they literally took somebody else's certification and basically put their name on it. And we went, uh, that's not your certification. Your system doesn't do those things. And they just, they... Is there, a, is there a particular certification that if I'm out there, like that you're referring to, that you want to make sure at a minimum, is there, is there an overlining one that if as a, as a consumer should be a red flag if you don't see it? Sure. You should always see some of the ANSI certifications. Uh, 55, 58 are typically the two that you're going to see. That means that, that they've actually been certified in the U.S. for water treatment, for drinking water systems, and they do the basic amount of filtration. You said ANSI, right? ANSI, ANSI 55 and 58. And 58. Okay, yeah, so those are the two that, that typically you see. Um, and, and you should see that. that at a minimum. At I mean, a minimum. You, you should see those those yeah. two in any product that you're on. Okay. Yeah, so everything from your basic fridge filter, um, which basically is a carbon filter, um, and that's about all that does. It's a taste and smell filter. It's uh, most of the time that one reads three to six months life. Um, you'll see it on that. You'll see it on um, a multi-stage drinking water filter. You'll see it on a reverse osmosis system. That's kind of the, the base uh, filtration. When you go and look at reverse osmosis, they should be able to give you a spec sheet that shows the rejection rates, the tested rejection rates, on a whole variety of things, um, heavy metals to uh, to arsenics, to chlorides, um, to VOCs, to all. I'm, and that becomes a, a really big laundry list of stuff. But I'm already you, overwhelmed. You but okay. should, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, realistically, when you when you look at that type of material, you should be seeing this list of things that hey. It shows. Uh, I'm looking at uh, 93% rejection of this and 97% rejection of that and uh, 88.6 and 97.3. If it's just saying, hey, we do 91% of this and 93% of that and 86%, it, all of these typically are point something. So if you're not seeing that point something, that should be a red flag. Point something. So 99.2. 98.6. If you see a spec sheet and they just say 98 or 96 or 93. That should be a red flag. That should usually be a, hmm, something doesn't smell right here. Got it. Got so, it. So, we, so we talked about, you talked about big box and that, you know, again, they're, they're more of a short-term solution. You're going to be changing filters more often, which probably isn't much of an indicator. You know, they don't have a given indicator on that. You talked a little bit about online. You know, obviously, mm -hmm. we, there's a... So then you said, can you quickly jump on better and best? Because sure. that was your, your last two there I want to hit before we have to... We're all, we're all getting around out of time here. Sure. Most of your actual water treatment companies, most of them work in that better and best category. And some of them will have some of the online stuff. But most of the time, you're looking at a better solution, a longer-lasting solution, one that is going to give you a higher rejection rate of all of the stuff that's in the water. Um, I use a very specific term of for schmutz, but it always makes me laugh. Um, all, of that, all of that good, bad, and indifferent stuff in the water, that higher rejection rate, um, a more consistent uh, quality, longer period of time, and can go to multiple locations, i.e. Uh, to a faucet at the kitchen sink, 
uh, to a refrigerator, maybe to another refrigerator, things like that. It can handle that kind of load. That's what you're going to get in that better and best category. Um, most water treatment companies like water doctors, we can give you options in both of those categories. I don't play in the online world and I really don't play in the big box retailer world at all, but it's just one of those things you're typically going to find that better, longer lasting piece of equipment. Um, I'm blessed because we carry the Kinetico uh, line of equipment. So I get to say that I carry the Kinetico K5. Um, it holds certifications for being able to remove more impurities than any other RO system in the residential market. It had that notification for years. Um, so I, I'm kind of blessed in that scenario. We do things a little bit differently with that, and we're kind of known for that drinking water system. So when somebody turns to me and says, no, no, no I want the best water I can put in me, I can say I can deliver that without any hesitation. Got it, got it. I, I want to jump back just quickly here, and I, I think it's critical that we kind of talk just briefly again about it, is that when we talk about systems, and I think that was one thing after I've known you for you know a number of years now that I didn't know before, was you made a mention that the systems are designed for multi-faucet or multi-unit locations. Multi-use. Multi-use, I think it's right. So keep in mind that that also attributes to flow rates. I think one of the biggest things that, that people complain about after, you know, some of will say, or I don't know what they are. I don't know any names, but we'll just say they got them from a big box or online is all of, all of a sudden they don't feel the pressure is there or they're not getting to the refrigerator and to the kitchen sink. I mean, and I think that's the easy one. Like it's, that's two uses, right? That's, mm -hmm. and so we've talked a little bit about the fact that that's, that's kind of a, a red flag saying, Hey, these were actually designed for a single use location. You're using them in two, and therefore, you're, you're not going to get the performance that you thought you were going to get out of it. Um, and I and I think as a consumer, I, I don't know that, right? I mean, I'm just, a, I walked into, we'll say, Big Box A, and that's what on the shelf. And I bought it and went, I don't know. I put the two cartridges in, and I just connected it to both units. Like, I don't know any better. So I think that's critically to take away from today's conversation is that, I mean, there there is a specific, well, there's a reason why people come in and actually do testing of the water to start, to, to start with, right? Because you did make a point today to talk about what you should have some kind of working start point. You know, you, it's, it's the whole house before the RO. It's not just take it straight from the ground and go to an RO unit. Uh, I think specifically, if I'm recalling, I just want to recap some of the things, is it because of the membrane, right? So if you're, if you got all the big stuff in it and the memory is really designed to take all the small stuff out, if you're clogging it with the big stuff, it's really going to, it's going to, decrease the lifetime of that membrane, I would think. So the easiest way that I can explain that, and we'll, we'll make this really short and sweet and to the point, um, if I don't remove the big stuff in the water, uh, like calcium uh, as an example, if I took a piece of lava rock and I shoved it through your window screen, what would it do to that window screen? It would shred it apart. Mm -hmm. If I put that calcium that's in the water and I try to ram it through a thin film membrane, I'm going to do the exact same thing. And now that hole that that's shredded apart is now open and other impurities are going to be able to get through that. So the better equipment that's out there typically wants more pretreatment so that it can make sure and ensure that it's got better quality water going into the system so that you're not degrading the membrane, which is the workhorse of a reverse osmosis system. Got it. Got it. Thanks. 
Love that clarification. So when you're looking at the shelves and you go through it, the next time you're thinking about it is make sure that we're looking for either on the bottle, it's reverse os- uh, osmosis or vapor distillation. God, thank you, John, every time. <laughs> um, you you want to make sure it says on the bottle or the next best thing would be actually, and John talks about it all, all the time to me, is why are you buying bottle after bottle when you could put it into a nice large container um, and take it with you all day long? Uh, we and so want to get it at home, but when you're at home, be careful. There's a couple of things, John's again, there's, there's four categories big box, online, better, and best. Um, the biggest things to take away from any of those scenarios is make sure they're certified. I mean, I think that's and it doesn't matter whether it's at the big box store or it's online, um, or in, it's it's a consumer, yeah. you know, one of the one of the uh water treatment companies. You want to make sure that that what you're getting is going to do what you want it to do. Um, and when you have someone out there to give you, um, you know, to, to test your, your water, which I think I fully believe in. I mean, even before you go to a big box store, let's find out what's in it, really what you're up against. Almost every company does it at no charge. It's not one of those things that you have to be afraid of. And again, no one, sometimes salespeople are a little pushy. I get it. But you, you, it's better to know what's in your specific home than guessing. Um, but I think one of the things that surprised me about today's conversation is the – you call it the refusal rate, rejection, rejection rate. rate, rejection rate. Yep. I can't read my own handwriting here. That's the problem. Um, is well, the rejection you're taking rate. notes and you're trying right. to scribble it down really quickly. So. And I never thought. I think that's a good. That's another great takeaway. If you have someone in your home, is that ask the seed the rejection rates. I would imagine that on the sales call, that's something that I should be able to pop up, whether it's I have with me or online. I should be able to find that. Um, and John says, stay away from things that just say even numbers like 93, 83, 75. You're looking for that 91.3, 90, you know, 92.3, 75 point, whatever it is. If it doesn't point, they're probably. Uh, I have never come across one of even one of my competitors spec sheets that says, you know, 96 instead of like 96.2. It, it's just it. It's one of those things that whenever uh, whenever I do see it online, it just throws up a red flag for me. And I'm kind of the anal retentive uh, water guy. So if it throws up a red flag for me, it should throw a red flag up for you. That's why we're having this conversation. Excellent. And the final thing I want to remind everybody out there is when it says spring water, artesian well water, unfortunately, it's just a well. And, you know, you're kind of taking, well, it might have one or two things taken out, out of it in a, in a process just to make sure it's sellable to the, sellable to the public. It's really just a well. So it, keep it that is. in mind. And now I know grandma and grandpa used to drive, you know, all over the state or the county to go to the artesian wells because that's what they drank because of all the um, fake properties that it has. It, it's just in the end, when you test it and you see the testing on it, it's usually the same as the wells around it. It just means that there's pressure pushing that water out. Excellent. Well, John, thanks for joining me today. Look forward to the next time we get a chance to talk. Awesome. Thank you, Jonathan. Step Beyond Green's mission is to create healthier indoor environments for us to live and work in. This is one of the ways that we do this. Please like, subscribe, or share this, as well as leave a comment below about this topic, or maybe it's a topic you'd like us to discuss in the future. As always, stay healthy. We'll see you next time.